Hello, everyone. Good morning and good evening to uh, all of you. My name is Sanjeev. I'll be the trainer for this uh, CyberArc course. I have uh, been working in the industry since last eight years. I have uh, worked on multiple identity tools and multiple access management tools, with identity tools being uh, SailPoint and Savient, and uh, access management tools being uh, CyberArc and Thicotic. So this has been my journey so far in a nutshell. CyberArc is basically a privileged access security tool, but I do not want to jump directly to CyberArc. Let's, let's learn more about the uh, domain that CyberArc belongs to. Why do we need CyberArc, what it does, and how it exactly performs all the functionality. Before we jump there, let's understand uh, which domain the CyberArc belongs to. Basically, CyberArc falls into, uh, ultimately, it's going to fall under cyber cybersecurity, which is uh, within cybersecurity, you have different types of domain. You have network security, you have audit and compliance, you have governance. And within all those uh, domains, you have a subdomain called identity and access management, right? Most of the times I've seen uh, candidates being uh, confused about what identity and access management is and what privileged access management is. This is uh, one thing that I wanted to clear first. Identity and access management domain is a domain inside cybersecurity and privileged access management is a subdomain of identity and access management. So within identity and access management, you have identity governance. So Identity and access management within uh, identity and access management domain, you have uh, different types of functionalities. You have identity and governance, and you have privileged accesses. You have single sign-on. Let's talk about all these domains one by one. Before we jump into what CyberArc does and what privileged access is, I just want you to understand an overview of what identity and access management is right let's consider let's understand this identity and access management within uh, with one simple example uh, let's say there is a employee here uh, john the it engineer right john joins an organization with john's individual identity there are going to be two entities attached if first john joins an organization he needs to have access to the email right he needs to have access to uh, a portal where he can manages where he can uh, manage all the resource that he has right maybe uh, to manage his work to see his uh, uh, organizational architecture right to have access to a directory in order to perform a, their work right so directory email and applications is something that belongs to john when he joins an organization his email account will be created and his identity will be managed what accesses John has during his uh, tenure in the company? Does he have access to application one? Does he have access to application two, right? And if he has all those accesses, is the access approved? Does the John, does this user needs access to all these application? Uh, what are the privileges does the John, does this user has on all these application? So this entire thing, this entire, uh, set of questions related to the uh, accesses and entitlement that one individual is going to have is something that you call identity governance. Okay, and that is what we uh, 
basically in this uh, case you are going to have a different tools to manage these uh, governance and identities uh, let's say you have uh, to manage identity governance you might have uh, different kinds of product for example sale point is going to be there right savient is going to be there to manage identity uh, for a particular uh, individual that joins the organization but with these identities uh, uh, are being managed there are some other aspect that we need to look at if the john has these much identities these much entitlements uh, there are some systems there are some uh, servers inside the organization where some resources are stored john needs to have access to those systems as well right so let's say some databases are there some servers are there where some important information some uh, sensitive information are being stored and this employee needs to log into those servers in order to perform his work in order to complete his uh, uh, task this person right here is not going to have abilities to log into these servers with his own identity you cannot log into a server with your own username and password for that you'll have to depend on an account that has abilities higher abilities on this particular system okay privileged access is what we uh, deal with when you have system when you want to interact with systems that contains sensitive resources okay that's what we call privileged access if you are able to most of the time if you uh, have noticed when you join in, in any organization or let's say any um, company you get access to a laptop or a workstation just right? get access to a laptop or a workstation and when you log into that laptop and let's say you need to install certain software right uh, you would not be able to install softwares you they would not allow you to install softwares with your own personal identity Okay. Uh, if you need to install software, you'll have to raise a request to the support team, the admin team, and they will be installing the softwares on behalf of you. So how come they are able to install the softwares and you are not? Because they are using more powerful account, more capable account to log into your systems and do those work. Okay. So any account that has higher abilities inside the target systems or servers or databases, those type of accounts are what we call privileged accounts and the accesses that flows through these type of accounts are what we call privileged access right any account that has higher capabilities on the system capabilities as in the ability to install software to make any changes on the server level to push any new policy to create any user all those type of tasks if you are able to do all those type of tasks in a server or in a system that has uh, that contains some sensitive information in that case you are using an account that has higher abilities and those type of accounts are what we call privileged account and the accesses that flows th through these type of accounts are what we call privileged access with cyberarc this is what we want to secure okay privileged access is what we want to secure because uh, you'll see most of the attacks that happens the first thing that attackers are going to target is your privilege accounts okay? because that's going to give them the ability to log into your systems and perform any task that they want 
so this is the major pain point of every organization with each of the privilege accounts that they create there are going to be certain risk associated and that is what we want to secure with the help of privileged access security solutions that's what cyberarch is okay there are a lot of uh, privileged access security solutions out there in market there is a uh, cyberarch there is beyond trust there is thicotic but cyberarch has been market leader since uh, a long time it has been uh, around uh, 15 years and uh, it, it keeps innovating new technologies recently it's coming up with its own cloud solution and then its own identity management solution so it's keep innovating uh, new technologies and new ideas that's why it has been the market leader since uh, so many years now now before we go into much more details into what cyberarch is uh, we still need to understand what we are securing here what is the uh, what is in scope and what is not inside the cyberarch scope we need to understand the privilege accounts in more uh, better terms in more uh, brief uh, more detailed explanation so that we can understand uh, what are the type of accounts that we want to secure uh, and what should be the priority Uh, when you implement a privileged access security solution be it cyberarc or uh, beyond trust or thicotic any privileged access security solution how do you define the scope of the project right let's understand the type of privilege accounts okay? there are two types of privilege accounts there are two types of privilege accounts let me make sure that this is right there are two types of privilege account first interactive accounts second non interactive accounts interactive accounts are the accounts that are being interacted with the individual users in your organization okay if a humans are is uh, using the account to log into a system let's say if you are uh, logging into a system how do you log into the system you type in the username and password right so whenever you log into the system you you're typing in the username and password you're interacting with that account you are interacting with that account any password change is required you are going to do it yourself any policy change is required you are going to do it yourself on the account so the account is called interactive account with because it is it is it is having a regular interaction with uh, individuals in your organization so this is why these accounts are created for individuals within your infrastructure right now there can be different examples of this uh, particular interactive account right you can have different types of interactive accounts most likely the most common examples you are going to see in a real time architecture are your super user account okay? super user accounts are basically the accounts that has the highest level of permissions on the server okay So if you have ever worked with uh, linux servers there is going to be a root account right root for linux systems if you have ever worked with uh, windows account there is going to be a local administrator right for windows for databases it's going to be a sysadmin account right these type of accounts are basically they are being used by individuals in your organization most likely your server infrastructure team for example linux infrastructure team is going to use the root account windows infrastructure team is going to use the uh, 
local accounts, local administrator, and database team is going to use the sysadmin account, right? So these type of accounts are basically used by individuals in your organization to support the servers. Let's say if any maintenance work needs to be done in your servers, any new patches needs to be pushed, any policies needs to be pushed, any user needs to be created. Those type of activities will be done through the super user account because only the super user account is going to have that much capabilities on the systems, right? And since these accounts are going to be used by individual administrators within the organization, these accounts are a type of interactive accounts because they are going to have regular interaction with these type of accounts, right? Another very common example of uh, uh, interactive accounts is going to be Active Directory account, right? Active Directory domain admin account. And if you are not aware of what Active Directory is, Active Directory is basically a virtual repository. We are going to interact with Active Directory in coming sessions as well. But Active Directory is uh, basically a repository where a virtual repository where all the resources within your organization will be stored. Okay. Resources as in, uh, we'll take that question in, uh, in uh, maybe at the end of the sessions. Okay. Uh, all the labs and uh, syllabus we are going to talk about later on. Okay. So Active Directory uh, domain administrator, uh, basically Active Directory domain administrator account is going to be created on the Active Directory infrastructure. Active Directory is basically a virtual repository where all the resources within your organizations will be stored. Resources as in servers or workstations or use your user accounts or privilege accounts every resources that you have within the server that are joined to your organization's network are going to be stored in a virtual repository called active directory sometimes to manage all these resources you create an administrator account that has permission to all these resources and these type of accounts are what you call active directory domain administrator account will be used by your active directory support team to log into the directory uh, frequently and perform maintenance work so any account that has been that is being used by your administrators or your support desk to log into the systems and perform manual work are called interactive accounts because there is regular interaction with humans right but that's not true for non-interactive accounts non-interactive accounts are basically the accounts that are being mapped on some softwares some applications or some machines where there is no interaction with humans at all okay there is no interaction with humans at all during the login process and during the functionalities, there is no interaction with humans. Most common example for non-interactive non credentials or non-interactive accounts are going to be hard-coded credentials. If you have heard of this terms anytime, hard-coded credentials are basically, uh, let's say you have a application or you have a script uh, let's say a JavaScript. You have a JavaScript, Java code that needs to log into certain systems automatically. Okay? It needs to log into 100 systems. Let's say 100 systems and it needs to push its code, push its functionality to 100 systems. And it needs to do so in a very limited time frame. Let's say uh, uh, within uh, one hour, it needs to log into hundreds of systems and perform its functionality. How does the script logs into the systems? 
how does anyone logs into the system right it needs a username and password to log in the script cannot depend on a human on humans to do all those logins to manually type in the username and password because that's going to be very tedious process it's going to take a long time so in those cases you are going to write the username and password within the script itself you're going to write the username and password and the script is going to read this username and password to automatically log into the target systems and perform its functionality the script is going to read the username and password embedded within the code to automatically log into the target systems servers and perform its functionality and in this process there is not going to be any interaction with humans at all okay there is no not going to be any interaction with humans at all these type of credentials uh, which is which you write inside a code are called hard coded credential and since there is no interaction with humans at all these type of accounts are called non interactive account right non interactive account service accounts are going to be a very common example for this uh, non interactive accounts as well service accounts are basically the accounts that are mapped in some scheduled task and uh, scheduled jobs we'll talk about service account more in coming sessions right but service accounts also does not have any interaction with humans at all these type of account that has no interaction or no individual or manual effort to perform the functionality these type of credentials are called non interactive credentials right in any privileged access security implementation the interactive accounts are going to be the priority number one why because in case of interactive accounts passwords are exposed to individuals right passwords are directly since they are using these accounts to or manually log into the system typing in the username and password these type of accounts are the most powerful account as you can see super user account we have here and uh, since these uh, type of uh, these type of accounts are going to be used by your individual users to manually log in they know the username and password that is why the passwords are exposed to individuals that is why it uh this is this increases the internal risk by a huge margin passwords are exposed accounts are highly privileged right can be uh, increases the risk of compromises so this is why interactive accounts are going to be priority number one in any privileged access security implementation right non interactive accounts are important accounts too they are privileged accounts as well but the passwords are not as exposed as in case of interactive accounts this is why non interactive accounts are going to be priority number 2 phase 2 of the project the focus is going to be on interactive accounts to manage non interactive accounts we have a solution as well called cyberarc application access manager which we are going to talk about in coming sessions as well but the focus is going to be on interactive privileged accounts we have talked about some common examples of uh, privileged accounts so uh, we just skip this slide a very important thing to understand here why it is so important can you talk about shared account absolutely i can so shared accounts are basically generic account they are coming under the same category of interactive account the only difference between the personal and shared account is basically when uh, you have accounts created for each individual member of the team 
let's say I have two individual, three members in the team, I'm creating three individual privileged account for each one of them. In that case, the account will be called personal, but when you do not want to create too many accounts in your infrastructure and you do not want to create individual accounts for each member of the team, you create one account that teams are going to share. Okay, so one single account for three users, they're going to use one single account to log into the systems. And that is what we call shared account, right? With each of the privilege accounts that you are creating within your infrastructure, there are going to be certain risk associated with each of the privilege accounts that are that you are creating with your infrastructure within your infrastructure there are going to be certain risk associated right let's understand uh, there are three major points here let's understand all these points with some uh, examples okay? uh, let's talk about this uh, active directory account first okay? this active directory account this Active Directory account is basically created on a directory on a virtual repository that contains all the resources within your infrastructure. Okay, let's say you have thousands of servers created in your system, thousands of cre servers created on your organization joined to one single network. This Active Directory domain administrator account is going to have access to all the servers not only the servers, user accounts, privilege accounts, all those resources that you have stored within your Active Directory, this one single account will be able to access all of them. You have thousands of servers, this one set of username and password can be used to log into all of the servers and not only log in, it's going to be the most powerful account within all the servers because it's a network administrator, going to have the most capabilities within the systems, right? So one single account can be used to log into all the systems even when you have thousands of systems one username and password can be used to access all of them and perform any work that the user wants when they are logging in with the active directory domain administrator account right and it's not like uh, you are going to have one or two administrator account which you you uh, can secure basically this most common practice organizations has that the active directory domain administrator accounts are uh, going to be personal for individual accounts for uh, is AD account using SSO? Yes, they can. Yes, they can. But that depends on the application if they want to use it or not. Right. So Active Directory domain administrator account, most likely it's going to be multiple uh, accounts created within one single architecture. Uh, for each, most of the time, for each of the members of your Active Directory support team, you're going to create individual Active Directory domain administrator account. And it's not uh, like you have uh, two or three domain administrators, 15 to 20 domain administrator account for a mid-scale implementation is a very common practice. 15 to 20 domain administrator account is a very common practice. Any one account, any single account gets compromised. You are putting your entire infrastructure at risk. This account can be used to log into all of the systems, perform any task, any one of these Active Directory domain administrator accounts gets compromised, your entire infrastructure is at risk, right? So you need to ensure, basically these type of accounts are acting as a key to your entire infrastructure. You do not want to leave them hanging. You want to secure them as uh, much as you can, right? Second, accounts needs to be centralized. Okay, privilege accounts needs to be centralized as in there should be a central repository 
for all the privilege accounts whether it is created on any application layer or any server layer or any database layer let's say uh, to understand this use case let's take another example okay, let's say we have a database team okay, the database team wants to install an uh, another instance of their application another instance of their database how do they install their another instance they need a server for that right they need a server for that so they'll raise a request to server infrastructure team they'll raise a request to server infrastructure team to create a new server okay, which they can use to install their database instance the server infrastructure team gets that request and server infrastructure team creates a server but along with the server they create a built-in administrator account let's say if it is a linux server they are going to create a root account with the server which they are going to use in order to perform maintenance work on the server uh, push regular patches maintain uh, users perform operations tasks right so server team creates a server uh, and also creates a built-in administrator account along with the server once that is done they hand over the server to the respective database team the database team when they get the server they install their own instance of the database and they create their own database administrator account right so we had a administrator account on the server which were being managed which was being managed by the server team we have administrator account on database which is being managed by the database team so in one server we have two privileged account being managed at two different places in one server we have two privileged account being managed at two different places and if this is the process you follow it's going to be the case with all the systems that all the servers that you are going to have right for thousand servers accounts are going to be managed with two different two different places and let's say if the auditor wants to audit the activities that are happening through these privileged accounts they'll have to go to server team to retrieve the activities of server administrator account they'll have to go to database team to retrieve the activities of database administrator account they'll have to go to application team to retrieve the activities of application administrator account the process will be very complicated for them very tedious not effective and most of the time auditors will miss out on important details okay, most of the time auditors will miss out on important details and this, this is where solutions like cyberarc can offer uh, help this is where solutions like cyberarc can provide a secure and a central repository for your privilege accounts whether it is being created on an application layer or it is being created on a database layer any uh, privileged account belonging to any platform can be onboarded into one single repository that is called cyberarc in one single repository you can onboard the application account the server account and the database account and any user that wants to use these accounts to perform any task they'll have to authenticate themselves in cyberarc first and once they are properly authenticated they will be able to use the account to connect to the respective systems but in this process cyberarc is going to generate detailed text log saying that this user has used this account to connect to this system at this point of time and these are the activities that user has performed right this user has used this account to connect to this system at this point of time and these are the activities that user has performed so all the auditor needs to do in this case is log into the cyberarc user interface and they'll have all the details waiting for them with the exact time of the connection with the exact activities 
the user name, the identities, everything is going to be there. Detailed audit trails are going to be generated for auditors to see. And in this case, auditing will be much more simpler and easier and effective because the auditors will have all the details at one single place. Okay, they do not have to go to different teams to retrieve the activities. And in this case, there is there are very less chances that uh, auditors will miss out on important details. This is where solutions like CyberArk can be helpful. All right, the third point here, accountability. I hope most of the uh, individuals here have encountered this uh, remote desktop connection client in their uh, uh, in their work or in their uh, organization. This is a client that help you. This is a client that helps you to uh, perform logins to a particular systems to any systems remotely from your local machine. Okay? This is a system. This is a connection client that helps you to log into any particular system that uh, from your local machine, you can establish remote connections to any other system as long as you know the IP address, the username and password. Uh, Sumit, we are going to answer your question in a few minutes. Okay, just bear with me. So this client can be used to connect to the systems remotely from your user, uh, from your laptop or your personal machine, as long as you know the IP address, the username and password. Let's say we do not have a security solution in place. I know the password of an administrator account. I'll simply click on the connect button. I'll provide the administrator username and password, right? I'll provide the administrator username and password, and I'll get myself connected to the respective system. And this is how easy it is. I'll just provide the IP address, username, and password, and I'll get connected to the respective target system. And once I'm connected, I'll choose to do some unauthorized activities. I'll share some files with someone who is not authorized to see it. I'll delete some users, I'll change some policies, any activities that I'm not supposed to do. Who is going to know that Sanjeev has logged into this system and did, it, did all these activities? Because I am masking my identity here. I'm not writing my username and password. I'm just writing the administrator username and password. The server event logs are going to say that this activity was performed by administrator account. The activity was performed by administrator account. No one is actually going to know that Sanjeev has used this administrator account to connect to this system at this point of time and performed all these activities, right? Because I have used administrator account to connect to the system and did not use my identity. So in this case, there is no accountability. Even if I'm using the most sensitive credentials within the organization, I can get away with anything that I do and there is no one to track my activities unless unless they trace the IP and all, they wouldn't really be able to know that it was me, right? This In this case, uh, users can get away with anything that they do, even if they are using the most powerful credentials within the server, within the organizations, right? So this is a problem and it, this needs to be mitigated. This, uh, this is a big risk that you need to, uh, that every organization needs to address. And this is where CyberArk can help you secure this type of privilege accounts and uh, restrict the direct access to the systems. Absolutely, it's going to work, uh, Raj. Uh, so what the solution here is, we are going to onboard this administrator account to CyberArk. 
we onboarded the administrator account to cyberarc as soon as the account is onboarded the password has been changed cyberarc triggered a password change on this account so i am a user i do not know the password of this account anymore because cyberarc changed the password right but i have a genuine requirement to use this account how do i use this account now uh, coming to your point right uh, coming to your point raj so how do i use this account now i'll have to log into cyberarc authenticate myself in cyberarc and once i am properly authenticated i will be able to use this account to connect to the respective system in this process cyberarc is going to establish the connection on behalf of me it's not going to expose the password to me i will be able to connect to the server using this administrator account but cyberarc is going to enter the password on the back end without exposing the password to me okay the cyberarc gets me connected to the target systems with administrator account without exposing the password and once i'm connected to the systems it's going to record my activities it's going to track my activities so let's say i initiate a control panel window on the server or a, a notepad window on the server cyberarc is going to generate a detailed text log saying that this user has used this account to connect to this system at this point of time and uh, once sanjeev was logged in sanjeev initiated control panel window at this time and a notepad at this time so it's going to keep track of my activities it's going to generate a detailed text log saying that all these activity was performed by this user along with that it's going to record my entire session in video format it's going to record my entire session in video format so even a mouse cursor is going to be visible for the auditors all the recordings will be saved in cyberarc for auditors to see and this basically giving uh, this basically gives the auditor much more controls and visibility on the privilege accounts accesses this is how cyberarc ensures the accountability in absence of active monitoring logging only may not help it will absolutely help as long as you know that which user at least if let's say even if you do not have the recording it's generating a detailed text log saying that this user was logged into this system at this time the user performed this activity and this activity becomes more helpful when you have command line interfaces such as linux server it's going to record every command that you execute in a text format in uh, the command line interface it's going to execute record every command if the administrator copy any data and paste it in their local system how the cyberarc help uh, if the that is uh, required it can be enabled or it can be disabled that is where your organizations has to accept the risk if you do, if you want that functionality cyberarc has the ability to allow that copy paste functionality but if you do not want if you consider this as a risk cyberarc can also disable it how long will the session be stored as a backup yes it will be stored and uh, based on the capability that your server has uh, depends on the disk space how long do you want to store the recordings you'll have to see the capabilities of disk space uh, capabilities in terms of disk space if your database has more than 1 tb you can store the recordings for let's say one year of uh, period that should be fine okay arvin that's the answer to your questions i hope that uh, that clears uh let's quickly cover the requirements from a privileged access security solution what are the expectations that you have and uh, how does the security solution can manage all these expectations right 
So the first feature that you need to look out for is there video recording capabilities? Yes, Kamlesh, we answered that uh, the video recordings capabilities are going to be there. It's going to be stored in a central repository called CyberArk Vault. We'll talk about that later in more details. Okay. Expectations. If you are investing so much in a privileged access security solution, it's going to cost a lot. But if you are investing so much in a privileged access security solution, what should be the expectations from your privilege what should be the expectation from this solution right how do you uh, there should be some standard features in mind right uh, this is how the privileged access security solution is going to provide a secure environment for my privileged account let's understand some standard features that you need to look out for while uh, uh, looking out while implementing a privileged access security solution Cyber Arc core components are Vault, PVWA, CPM, and PSM. Again, we'll talk about that in more detail. The ability to rotate the passwords of the privileged accounts. Okay, managing the PAM accounts. PAM means privileged access management. You should not keep static passwords for a longer period within your organization. The static passwords comes with a risk. Okay, you should not keep static passwords for longer duration. The ability to rotate password is something that you should have in every privileged access security solution, right? Uh, you should be able to define a temporary uh, period, uh, let's say 30, every 30 days or every 60 days, the passwords of your privileged account should automatically change, right? Second, you should be able to define the uh, limitations on your privileged accounts. Not everyone should be able to access the privileged accounts, right? Uh, there should be some limitations and you should be able to impose the least privilege method as in only those accesses should be provided to the individuals that is required for them to complete their task not greater not lesser okay not greater not lesser this is called least privilege method only those permissions will be provided to the individual that is required for them to complete their task if they do not require access to a privileged account if they do not need to do a high elevate activities that require elevated privileges we will create read-only accounts for them and uh, provision the access through that particular account right now this is something that the tool is going to help you to achieve the third feature here is audit rails it's going to generate detailed audit trails for your every uh, sessions that are being initiated using privileged accounts onboarded to CyberArk. going to generate a detailed log saying that this user has used this account to connect to this system at this point of time detailed session monitoring and session recording is going to be there keystroke logins as in any high privileged command that you execute in a command line interface is going to be recorded as as well so let's say if you are logged into a linux server and you write commands like uh, add uh, add user or uh, uh, switch to a different user account right all those commands is going to be recorded for auditors to see Right, so this is going to ensure accountability within the organization. Multi-factor authentication is going to be there, right? Uh, dual factors of authentication. You should not only type in the username and password. You will have to go through another factor of authentication before you are able to reach your, to your privilege account, right? Just like how it works in online banking portals. You have, uh, uh, you have uh, a portal where you type in the username and password but before you are able to log in, you'll have to type in a one-time password once again. Uh, and only when you provide the one-time password, it allows you to log in. Similarly, 
before you are able to reach to your privileged accounts in CyberArk, you'll have to go through multi-factors of authentication, multiple factors of authentication. Uh, CyberArk does not have a MFA solution of its own, but it allows you to integrate uh, different types of uh, multi-factor authentication solutions that are out there. So um, session management, uh, detailed session monitoring, recording, and isolation. Okay, recording in video format, tracking the activities, and does not it does not allow the direct interaction with the user machine and the target system. If you do the RDP connection, you're going to interact with the servers directly. You're going to connect to the servers directly. In case of CyberArk, there is going to be a jump server, which prevents your local machine to push malwares into the target systems, which has some sensitive information. So this is where isolation is going to help you. This is what isolation, I'm sorry. This is where isolation is going to be there. This session isolation will help you control the direct interaction between user and target system. The last feature I'm going to talk about is temporary access. Basically, the solution should be able to provision temporary access to the systems. If the user does not require access on permanent basis, you should not allow the users to have those access on permanent basis, right? The user should be able to request for a temporary access, let's say one hour or two hour, and as soon as the time period expire, the solution should automatically be able to uh, deprovision those uh, accesses as soon as the time period expires right so this is what we call temporary access these are some basic features that every privileged access security solutions are going to have uh, we will understand the approach that cyberarc follows in order to manage the credentials we are going to talk about the brief architecture but today we uh, i don't think we have enough time there is a limitation on time so uh, let's quickly let me give you an overview on uh, what should be the syllabus of the cyber course and what would be the course content, what you can expect from this course. Basically in this course, we have included both administration and implementation topic in one single course. So we are going to start from very basics, like why, uh, what are the uh, pain areas that uh, companies or clients faces when they are uh, looking to implement, uh, when they have a lot of privileged account, what are the risks associated with each of these uh, privileged accounts that you create? And what are the expected solutions? How does a privileged access security solution can provide a secure environment for your privileged accounts? In module two, we are going to learn about the CyberArk architecture with uh, graphical explanations. We are going to learn about different types of CyberArk uh, components and a typical CyberArk architecture. We are going to understand the approach that CyberArk follows in order to manage those expectation and mitigate those risks. Okay? Module three, we are going to have a detailed discussion on each of the CyberArk's components. Uh, basically, the backend processes that gets executed to achieve all the functionality that CyberArk has, service accounts running on the backend, uh, communications, prerequisite, and the impact of the installation. So CyberArk has different components for different functionalities. For uh, database, it has Vault. For uh, front-end UI, it has PBWA password vault web access, right? For uh, session management, it has a uh, privilege session manager. For uh, password management, central policy manager is there. Different components for different functionality, which we are going to talk about in uh, the module three. 
we are going to spend half an hour to one hour on each of these components and we'll learn the theory in very very detailed manner once the theory is complete we are going to uh, talk about the lab implementation virtual lab environment okay so this is where we create virtual machines for each one of you we are going to create five set of virtual machines hosted in aws cloud these virtual machines will be dedicatedly created for each individual and the, we are going to copy the cyberarc softwares in those virtual machines so that you'll have the ability to install your own cyberarc architecture i'll be detailing dictating the steps during the session we'll talk about detailed installation steps from the uh, vault and the pwa and cpm and psm we are also going to build our own active directory and build our own email notification engine which is going to trigger alerts when something uh, goes wrong with our cyberarc architecture right so uh, along with the recorded sessions you are also going to have access to this install lab guide which contains detailed installation steps whatever we are going to discuss along with the screenshots so you can even practice on your leisure time we have uh, the integration topics mapped here as well so all of these topics we are going to discuss in more detail right uh module 4 is going to be all about installation of the cyberarc component once the architecture building is complete we are going to talk about yes absolutely we'll share the pdf file with all of you once the session starts we'll share the pdf file okay module 5 we are going to talk about uh, the policies so the infrastructure will be complete but it's going to be blank so we'll start configuring some policies which can help us manage our infrastructure will work with master policies platform policies exceptions in the cyberarc uh, master policies we are also going to talk about the platform settings in module 6 we are going to learn about user access management how do we provide user uh, individual users accesses to the privilege accounts that we have onboarded in cyberarc right how do we control the accesses on more granular level with object level access control we are going to learn that Module 7 we are going to talk about windows accounts onboarding linux accounts onboarding network accounts web connections right all of those uh, i'm not going to uh, bore you with technical details for now module 8 we are going to learn about the daily to daily use cases that a user uh, that when cyberarc administrators joins in a running infrastructure what type of task they perform in daily to daily basis right accounts onboarding discovery of accounts automatically password upload utility password management problems right uh, auditing and reporting we are going to have a separate session on auditing we are going to have, understand how do we help our auditors to get the details that they need right uh, module 9 we are going to have uh, some troubleshooting use cases right so let's say if uh, suddenly something goes wrong with our cyberarc architecture how do you how do we work with those kind of situation let's say suddenly if our front end ui is not responding right how do we work with those situation what logs to be uh, look for what approach to be take uh, if suddenly password management issues are happening how do you work with those kind of situation okay, so in module 9 we are going to have a detailed discussion about different type type of troubleshooting use cases in module 10 we are going to learn about how the uh, backend applications the credential files work inside cyberarc and this is very important topic from interview and certification perspective uh, some level of technical details are hidden there 
some level of technical details are hidden there so i'm not going to go into much more details of credential file basically this is uh, uh, used for service accounts that are running on the back end for uh, cyber components in module 10 we are going to have a detailed discussion on credential file we are going to learn if these credential files gets corrupted how do you work with those situations in module 11 we are going to talk about disaster recovery which is basically setting up a backup infrastructure when our primary vault is not responding this disaster recovery infrastructure is going to make sure that your primary infrastructure even if that is impacted your users are not facing interruption in service this dr vault can take over and all the users will be redirected to the disaster recovery service which is going to make sure that they are able to retrieve the information and connect to the systems even when the primary database is not working okay this is we are going to set up an entire disaster recovery architecture from scratch in our lab environment on module 11 we are going to have a detailed discussion and setting up on the disaster recovery architecture we'll also perform a disaster recovery drill to see how it works in real time so this was the last module in terms of topic in uh, the last uh, sessions or uh, maybe few more sessions we are going to dedicate for interview uh, and certification assistance we'll talk about the approach that you need to take in order to complete the certifications and what kind of uh, uh, questions and profiles are going to be uh, more important uh, from interview perspective what are the topics that you need to focus on along with this i'll forward this exercise guide to you which contains a lot of cyber arc use cases that will help you uh, practice in your leisure period so all the user management and the password management topics that we are going to talk about we are going to provide this pdf file to you which is a 250 page booklet contains uh, content contains a lot of exercise which you can look at and practice on your leisure period that will give you some understanding on uh, uh, the respective topics that we are going to discuss so if you want to practice on your leisure uh, time you can use this exercise booklet to do that okay? apart from the regular exercises that i am going to provide this exercise guide is going to help you as well and apart from that we are also going to provide a theory notes which is where I summarized all the topics that are relevant from certification and interview perspective. And all the topics related to each of the topics that we are going to discuss is going to be mapped here. Uh, I have tried to highlight the topics that are important from certification and interview perspective. We are going to talk about that as well. Okay, so this is what we offer at this point of time.